Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Good to have you here. Make sure you smash that like button for us. Make sure you are subscribed, reviewing, all those great things. We want to remind you that we are presented by Goose Island, the official beer of CHGO. Find one of their Chicago locations at gooseisland.com slash locations. We've got a lot to Boy, get to today. It is a, pouring rain all of a sudden. Out there. Jeez. If, you, if I sounded distracted to start, I definitely was because it sounds like the roof's coming off this place. Yeah, I hope the power <laughs> makes it for the next sixty yeah. minutes. Yeah, if we bla- if, if we if you lose we us, to, that's probably we go what to dark happened. screen. There's two outcomes. If 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 <laughs> the screen goes black, most likely the power went out, or Bragg's hit the wrong button. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little going bit of A little bit Could of comedy. We'll blame the power no matter what it I'm is. I'm going power. I'm going power <laughs> outage. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got a lot to get to today. Uh, we just got literally just got back from fifth third. Yeah, uh, the spike ball game. We had talked to, to uh, Colton Doc, Andrew Camesso together. We talked to Ryan Green and Paul Ludwinski together. Landon, not, not, not Landon Slager. Yes, and then uh, Kyle Davidson was an hour late for his press conference, but yeah. we got to talk to Kyle Davidson. So you know he's a cele- he's an internet celebrity now, so he can big time us. Right, yeah. he's probably making some TikToks or something from his Kyle from Chicago account, mm-hmm. but. Uh, because of our time crunch, we only have a few cuts from uh, Kyle Davidson. So a couple news items we want to get to before we start sharing the audio. Uh, first and foremost, it does sound like they're very much done yeah. in free agency. He did allude to maybe one depth defenseman being signed. Also said, you know, things come up before the season, just like the Jason Dickinson trade and Jared Sonority. But for the most part, they're pretty much done. So any sort of big free agent signing it's not on the radar anymore. It's, yeah, it's 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 all but done. Um, and but honestly, who else is out there that would even be a a, a heavy lifter kind of free agent free agent that the Blackhawks would want or need? I, I don't think that there's any anything. Tarasenko is the only name. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's. I feel like that goes in a direction that the Blackhawks clearly aren't going to go in, which is. <clears throat> be well, overly competitive. He just hired Pat Prasan as his agent, and we just forced out two of his clients. So he's yeah, not, he's oh, yeah. he's oh, not Pat take, Prasan is furious. Oh, yeah, for, Pat Prasan will never work well, with the Blackhawks ever taking, again. He's not taking <laughs> Kyle Davidson's phone call because he he's forced slighted out his, his clients. clients. Oh, how can we forget? Phil Kessel. Phil but he said the heavy lifting's uh, yes, over, the so heavy it's definitely not Phil Kessel. So that's, you know, that was... Okay, we kind of knew that already. Yeah. Uh, the Philip Kurashev thing, today is the last day for Philip Kurashev to file for arbitration. The expectation is that he will. 
Kyle Davidson made a point to say, which is good business by them. That's what exa- absolutely what they should do. Right. But doesn't foresee any sort of problem getting a deal done with Philip Kurashev. Um, I just posted a video to our Twitter. Colton Dock talking about being Conor Bedard's teammate at the World Juniors and saying how much of an influence he has on his teammates yeah. in terms of like preparing and just general attitude, salute, and all those sort of things. Work ethic. And every guy we've talked to from the beginning of this week till today about Connor Bedard, has, they all say the same thing. He's such a great and humble guy. He's such a hard worker. I, everybody raves about him. It's, yeah. it's really it's cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the, everything on the ice is spectacular, but all the, all the things that we've learned about Bedard, how he works, how he, you know, uh, interacts with his teammates, you know, his, his leadership capabilities already at a young age is, is just, it's, it's just gravy on top of what he can do on the ice. Yeah, it's very easy for a guy like Counter Bedard, a kid like that, to have a big head and a bit of an attitude problem, some arrogance. He's been told since he was 14 years old that he's going to be the next superstar. Yeah. We've seen guys in that position in all sports get that attitude get that that arrogance that that just doesn't exist with him reminds me a lot of Jonathan Taves at that same point of his career you know obviously there's more hype about Connor Bedard there's more expectation but that's still at such a young age to be just business focused yeah uh attention to detail and wanting to set examples for his teammates a lot of guys at that stage at that age i'm trying to think like what a punk ass 17 year old i was <laughs> oh my god like, <laughs> right. i was such a t- I mean, if i ever if i ran it i've been saying for years if 40 year old greg meet 20 year old greg he'd punch him in the side <laughs> of the face as hard as he could yeah so like there, here's a kid who's 17 he's not even 18 for a couple more weeks and he's just got this attitude and humility to him it's impressive especially when you consider man if i was seven when i was 17 if i had that kind of ability at anything i'd be the cockiest sob on the oh my god is 17 like a junior in college no junior high school school. that's what i meant high school sorry yeah i misspoke he would be he'd be heading into his senior year of high school no i i was such a douchebag then yeah. Oh my God! I was an incredible <laughs> douchebag, yeah. and I wasn't. I mean, too- I still am, just not as much, and for different reasons. You're an experienced douchebag now. Yes, you exactly. know when to pull it out, um, so to say. Uh, yeah, right. But yeah, could you imagine being that and being like? Right. I wasn't good at anything at 17. Yeah, seriously. And I thought my my crap didn't stink. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine being a 17 year old and being an amazing amazingly talented hockey player have one of the most storied franchises in the history of the game say you're the face of our franchise you're our guy have all this expectation on you and you still get up there and say i just hope to make the team yeah i I don't (laughs) think that's bs from him no Uh, a little bit yes it's it's, it's a little it's got to be a little tongue-in-cheek yeah i think he knows he's making the team he knows (laughs) it but he's not taking it for granted sure well i mean i also think a guy like that you almost have to adopt that mindset because, again, you're 17 years old. The only way to prevent extreme arrogance from seeking in is to, like, actively push against it. Yeah. Right? Like, fight against it, fight against it. And uh, you could say that's maybe his way. The way he stays humble is just act like anybody else. Mm-hmm. And it's working really well. It actually reads, leads really nicely into our first video. 
Um, are we good to go on video, fellas? I see some troubleshooting. Okay, cool. Um, the first one about leadership. It was the last question of the session asked by Mario. I left your question in there so we can go ahead and fire the leadership one off, Greg, and we'll be good to go. Through this week, and with the group that, that's here, are you starting to see some players that have those qualities that maybe start stepping up and, and filling those roles? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you see it, you know, when they're playing their, their games, their team games, and you see the, the guys that are, you know, picking everyone up and, and bringing the team together, bringing the group together, and also the, the different flavor of, of, you know, guys that, you know, like to throw jabs at each other and, and you know, not, not be afraid to, to mix it up with, with different guys and keep it light. And, you know, we talked about uh, Sam earlier. He's definitely one of those guys. And there's a couple of them that, that you know, play that other angle. There's the more, uh, you know, leadership, you know, bringing everyone together, but also the guys that are not willing, not not afraid to kind of, you know, throw some jabs and, 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 and kind of make fun of guys or, or poke fun and have, have a little bit of fun. That's important too. And so we're definitely seeing that. Uh, you know, I was reading uh, a little Oliver Moore's comments about how he said, you know, how Connor carries himself is already rubbed off on him. And that's what you want. That's, that's culture. And, and so you see, uh, players come in and, and they're already dictating behaviors and positive behaviors, that's that's kind of the goal that you seek. And so I think we've got a lot of that in, in the room over there. And it's uh, a testament to the amateur staff on, on finding those type of people and making sure that we highlight that type of behavior and that type of uh, personality in, in the players we acquire. And then it's also uh, a testament to the development staff for fostering that and, and making sure that that continues the development. And we have to carry that through uh, right up into Rockford and into Chicago and make sure that they're always taking those steps forward to, to be those leaders that we want them to be. There you go, just more validation about Connor Bedard just influencing everybody. Yeah. And But like Savoie, who doesn't even have an NHL contract yet, his name got mentioned a ton today yeah. from his teammates and friends. That's why I like him. Right, he just strikes me as that dude that everybody's gonna love. He's gonna keep it light, but as we talk about this new regime and how, what they build in team, we talk about speed. We talk about all these factors on the ice. The other common denominator is character. Yeah, and I always hesitate when this comes up to say it because we all thought that the 2010 team had integrity in in bulk, and maybe they didn't. Right. Right. But as of right now, the character of these kids seems to be through the roof and i know it's something that the team is prioritizing and uh and it's good to see yeah i mean i you know i, I asked a, f a few of the the prospects today all of them at some point in their junior or college careers have been captain or alternate captain you know part of leadership groups with their teams um and i think it's just it's it, it's become a common denominator with players that the blackhawks have brought in is, is these guys that at their at their those levels amongst their peers are being put in leadership roles. And I think that, that goes a long way. Uh, even a guy too, that, you know, maybe not a lot of people are, you know, have, have high on their radar, but a guy like Paul Ludwinski, like he's, he's not a hot, he's not a, you know, high end point producer, but he's a hard worker. Uh, he's, he's a tenacious skater. Um, you know, he's a hard, hardworking for checking forward, doesn't really get a lot of the glory. And when Shane Wright left the the Kingston Frontenacs, he was put in into the, the the role of being captain of that team. And so I th I think yeah, up up and down the the prospect system, you have a lot of young players that have been in those roles, 
and getting them together, you kind of see who else molds into those those kinds of uh, those roles as they come up together as a group. And I think obviously Connor Bedard is going to be at the top of that list. I don't think there's any uh, reason to not believe that eventually he will be the captain of the Blackhawks. Um, but I think the the importance of the organization putting on 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 this group of young players coming up together. Um, and not just being the Connor Bedard show and company, um, I think it allows those kinds of players to come through and come forward and also have a voice, which is what Kyle Davidson wanted to achieve. Uh, and part of the reason of moving on from not bringing back Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane was let's let this new group take take the reins and become the new era of, of, of Blackhawks hockey. And I think the way they've done it this year, I know we all kind of grumbled with no on ice. Yeah. You know, oh, we don't get to see Connor Bedard on the ice. And that, that was a bummer. But I think the way they're doing it with all these different, they're doing everything from boxing classes to cooking classes. They did a improv stand-up comedy night. Yeah. Uh, they're doing all these things, taking breathing lessons from Johnny Oduya. Yeah, yeah. we um, learned that today. Yeah, Johnny so I wonder, I wonder if he also is giving a seminar on how to look great with your shirt off in public. <laughs> or yeah. how to document the frequency and consistency of your bathroom yeah. trips. Yes, Maybe. exactly. Which he does on we Instagram. Almost, we almost had him, uh, not to get sidetracked, but I'm going to. Uh, we almost had another Mackenzie Entwistle moment. Uh, I think it was Ryan Green was talking about the breathing stuff. He goes, that's something I haven't done yes. too much. I, I, was, like, the I same. was like, are you part fish? <laughs> <laughs> He didn't know how to breathe until Johnny Oduya helped him. I haven't done I much had of that the same recently. thought when he said that. I was like, oh, we just got our, we just got our other right. Yeah, Remember we have breathe. video of that somewhere, so we'll put it out there. Right. I was like, yeah, that's something I haven't thought about doing much lately. Like, what, breathing? breathing. Like, okay. But anyway, this, this whole off-ice thing seems to be every, everybody we've talked to, they're raving about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. some of these guys just finished long-ass seasons a few weeks ago. They don't want to get yeah. back on. It, it interrupts their 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 uh, training sessions. You know, Drew Camesso is doing Andre Vasilevsky's off off season training and doing power yoga for ninety minutes a day. Oof. I do. I did yoga today for twenty eight minutes, and I still feel it. Like I can't imagine doing a ninety minute yoga power yoga. Uh, I'm yeah, sure he does tough. a little more intensity than I do. Uh, just gonna go on a limb, but I'm. And the Hawks are the only team that, that that's doing it this way this year. We're seeing video from all over guys on ice. I bet you there's at least a half a dozen teams that do off-ice next year. Oh, yeah. They're starting a trend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They are starting a trend well, to where I don't think within five years, I don't think anybody's doing well, off-ice. That's what, that's, what, that's what Colby yeah. told us when he was on. He said, watch, I, I bet a, a bunch of camps in the next few years are going to do but the exact same the, thing. they're letting the leaders come out. They're letting the personalities come out. They're that's bonding. It. They're yep. becoming yep. friends. They're, they're, they've got each other's back already, and you could do that without – doing skating drills and shooting drills. And that's what Davidson said. He's like, the value of four more days on the ice for these guys, what really is it going to do aside from us watching them, which is great. I'd love to see number 98 in a Hawks jersey sooner than later, right? And all these guys. We're excited about a lot of these guys, but he's right. And the other thing, too, is you've got guys who are not Connor Bedard or not Kevin Korchinski trying to make a name for themselves well, I'm going to win a battle against Korchinski, or I'm going to finish a check hard, then maybe somebody gets hurt. Or maybe it starts some ill will between two prospects. You don't need that kind of crap. Right. The stuff they're doing right now is bringing these dudes together. And you can see there, there is like a closeness from these guys that, look, and we didn't cover the team 
full time before this, right? So we weren't there every day like the rest of the beat, but we know those dynasty teams were tight. Yeah. It's a huge part of it. And and when you can have a guy lower on the roster say what he wants to say to number 19 and vice versa, and it's not going to be some big thing, it's not going to be blown out of proportion, that's that's kind of what it in, – in your comparison to, to Bedard and Taves, it's kind of – it's it's similar in that you don't want to feel like that guy's unapproachable and the rest of you are, right? And I think that's why Taves got so much praise was because he was an approachable captain from his teammates' perspectives. And we're seeing that already from Bedard. So I just think, it, as we've rehashed this a million times, now if Kane and Taves were there, it's different. Yeah. Because those guys are walking into a room with their idols. And there can't help but be reverence. And, you know, I'm going to stand over here, and that's Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. That's why they moved on. Right. It's yeah. very clear, and, and it's becoming more obvious as to why – with every passing day. They also probably learned a lesson with Frank Nazar last year, too. Like, having him come in with an injury, <laughs> having yeah. prospect camp aggravate it, and then he missed almost his entire freshman year with yeah. Michigan. That doesn't, that doesn't hurt. Let, let yeah. these, let, as much as these young kids are seemingly invincible with their physical health, they also need the rest. And the Hawks are in a good position with the last now three draft classes a lot of home runs in there. You know, we we have to give credit to credit is due. He who should not be named's last draft class has been pretty good. Last two were not bad. So you've got – you don't need to have a development camp. You know, every year you get those invitees, you get those fringe guys. That, and there's always one where you're like, oh, I wonder if they're going to sign him to an AHL deal. You know, Alexander yeah. 410 from mm-hmm. a few years ago. Hawks don't need that. They don't need to be getting undrafted college free agents and giving them a look to it. They they Their cupboard yeah. is pretty f- – well stocked right now and it's going to continue to get stocked with all these extra picks over the next two three years so they i think they're i think they're started a trend uh and i think we're going to start seeing a lot more teams next year move away from the from the uh on ice stuff yeah don't have audio of this but brock mcgillis is he either has already or is about to it'll be this week yeah. talk to the prospects pool uh for those that don't know brock mcgillis is one of the first uh openly gay uh, former players. He is an LGBTQ plus advocate, uh, a spokesperson, um, and he's going to come in and talk to not just the Blackhawks team, but the prospects. And Kyle Davidson talked about how important it was for them to let their prospects know the things that are important to their organization. And I thought that was a really strong statement from him. I'll tweet it out later after the show from the CHGO Blackhawks account. I think people should hear that. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, as disappointed as we were in the pride night thing last year and the league's decision to get rid of the special jerseys league-wide actions like this right these are things that matter bringing in someone to educate the players on the causes and the people and diversity and all the things that these guys quite frankly have not really been exposed to growing up playing hockey yeah right they've been in mostly white straight hockey teams since they were able to put on skates so getting a better worldview is a great thing, and I'm, I'm glad the Hawks are at the forefront of that too. And yeah. I'm sure he will come and talk to the Blackhawks team in the preseason as well. Uh, and I know last year they, they had some Native Americans come in and speak to the, to the groups too. So hopefully those things continue. But it's a positive sign. It's, like I said last week, I'm, I'm struggling to find something to be really jaded about Blackhawks-wise right now. Well, and, and, and too, with, with McGillis coming in, he's coming from a perspective of, of being a player that was 
um, in those locker rooms and, and in the inside that kind of hockey culture where who he was was not accepted. He was not able to be open about it. And so uh, with, with him coming in, it, you know, he's able to kind of bring that perspective to those players who are going to be in the locker room, to those, especially the, the younger generation of players, um, you know, getting getting that kind of just kind of getting into that mentality of where you know hey you don't really know exactly you know every everything about every teammate you know you don't know who's going through what different struggles whether it's you know being a part of the lgbtq plus community or anything else whether you know home struggles family life you know things like that um so knowing the the kind of culture that the blackhawks want to set and and being able to you know bring that message of like be open, be welcome to, to anyone who's going to be in your locker room, no matter what they're going through, I think is really good. And, and we were able to, to speak with Brock um, back in February before the Pride Night event and, and, and everything like that. And, you know, he mentioned how he was uh, in contact with and got to know Luke Prokop, who is a, a, a Nashville Predators pro- prospect who is, is openly gay. Um, and, and he's actually been teammates with Jalen Lipen and now mm-hmm. Uh, the trio of Colton Dock and Kevin Korczynski and Nolan Allen with the Seattle Thunderbirds. So I, I think it's it's great that the Blackhawks will have that, those perspectives in there. And also, too, a lot of the young players in that locker room have already been teammates with with a, a player like Luke Prokop. And so I, I think it's, it's, it's good to see the organization doing that and making sure that, you know, that locker room culture is going to hopefully avoid any kinds of you know, missteps with, with how we, how they want players and, and personnel to be treated. Yeah. It's all good stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's all good stuff. And hopefully it, uh, more initiatives like that will lead to more players in all of walks of professional sports being comfortable enough to be themselves yeah. while they're playing. Exactly. Yep. That's what it's all about. All right. Next, a uh, little bit of audio we have here. Oh yeah. We got a super chat. Let's super get to chat. that first. Uh, this one from Thomas says, uh, like Greg, I've been drinking the tears of all those crying that we got a leader like Bedard. All of the wild fans up here in St. Paul are still pissed that he's here. Oh, well, bring it on. <laughs> you know, as I said, the night of the draft lottery, sometimes it's fun to be the villain. Yes. <laughs> and uh, that's fine. You know, the hate, the hate is good because people don't hate last place teams. Nope. They hate you because you're, you're, you're moving up the ladder. I'm going to create a phrase. We can put this on a T-shirt. They hate us because they ain't us. Mm. Wow. That's Is it. that original? I just made that up just now. Wow. You just made that up. Nice. On the spot, just like Mailbag Monday. That's awesome. These things You're just fly out of my head all the time. You're a genius. Speaking of Minnesota Wild fans, uh, yesterday, happy anniversary to the Zach Parise and Ryan Suter contracts. Yep. That was quite a 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Right Boy. before the uh, lockout. To sign those mega-ass contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy your second-round appearance once. Also, also, real quick, wanted to give a quick shout out to um, Young Dangle here. Uh, yes, dro- he said drove all the way to Chicago from Cleveland this past weekend for engagement pictures. Whoa. Had to cancel due to this uh, torrential rain we've been getting, and it has been needed. But unfortunately for him, he was here to get his engagement pictures. I, I don't know how that went. So, but he said he got his Bedard jersey at the Blackhawks store, so it was a successful, successful. weekend. So, there congratulations! You go. Just, to just you. take the engagement photos in the Blackhawks store. Yeah, plenty you know, of fun indoor Rain is good luck, right? With for weddings on your wedding I day, I think. Wedding. I don't know. 
right as we said that. I think that. you're wrong as Man. the thunder the strikes. Maybe right. we're wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I, th- I thought rain on your wedding wedding day was ironic, don't That's you what think? Yeah, I, th- I, I think that is what I've been told before, yes. Yeah, it's very ironic. I don't know if it's good luck, but uh, I wouldn't know. Also I, ironic I, that she has no idea what irony is based on the Yes, that whole that song, song is not ironic. <laughs> That's coincidence. <laughs> Just bad luck. All right. Let's get to the next uh, video we got here. These kind of two go back to back. You don't have to play them back to back, Greg, but they kind of piggyback off each other. The first one, our big topic for yesterday, what's the plan with Kevin Korchinski? For those that missed the show yesterday, the difference with Korchinski and the other young defenseman is there's no Rockford option for him. He's too young based on the CHL's agreement with the NHL. So he's either in Chicago or he's in Seattle in the Western Hockey League. So Kyle Davidson was asked basically, what's the plan with Kevin Korchinski? It's a tough balance with those players that are CHL drafted eligible players where they can't go to the American League. And, you know, you see it every year. There's the players that, uh, you know, people will think they're, they're too good for the CHL, but maybe not ready for the NHL. And so that's the balance you're always trying to strike. Um, but in the end, uh, just going to leave it up to him. We'll see, we'll see how he does, how he comes into training camp. He had a long year long couple years uh, in junior and so hopefully he has a, a good summer where he continues to build his body and continues to uh, grow into his frame and he's ready for that that full pro hockey season um, you know we're not making any decisions on, on him at this point hopefully he forces our hand and 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 he uh, he has a great training camp but um, we'll leave that up to him and then we'll decide what's best for his development moving forward but it is it is a tough one for some of those players that are uh, ineligible for American Hockey League play. So we'll, we'll kind of see where he ends up in, in September and, and go from there. So just to take you behind the curtain, the way I was recording this today was I was stopping and starting my video with every question. So I didn't have to go through the entire thing and find these easier. things. So the next part of the question, I didn't record for whatever reason. Maybe my arm was tired or something. But he basically said, like, our development plan is not the same for everybody. Right, like we want to be patient, but not patient for the sake of being patient. We want to be patient if it's the best thing to develop the player. Yeah. And I'm like, well, crap, this is really good stuff. So I start recording again, and then I did start recording again. So now we can play the next part of the clip, um, the one about uh, the contracts that's in there, Greg. We're not going to let um, contract slides or anything impact putting them in the best situation to grow to the players we want them to be. Because in the end, if you know they slide, you get that extra year. If they're not the player you want them to be at that time, it, none of this matters. And so we're just going to try and make them uh, the players that, that we think they can become and, and put them in the situations that we think are, are most conducive to that. So the context there is he's not worried if they determine that 20, 30, 25, whatever, games is appropriate for Kevin Korchinski, like Seattle did with Shane Wright last year. That's what they'll do. They're not worried about burning a contract here. They did it with Lucas Reichel. Their development plan is what is best for this player, not for our books down the road or anything like that. Now, it's not saying they're throwing caution to the wind and burning contract years just for the hell of it, but if they feel like 20, 30 games for Kevin Korchinski, then back to the Western Hockey League is a good thing for him, then they're not afraid to do it. And I like that. I, I think that everybody's development plan should be customized. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be a, a cookie-cutter thing. It yeah. is refreshing to know that 
they're handling. Like, you don't get these CHL guys at 19 that, you know, that often where you're like, crap, it's NHL or juniors. There's not a lot of that Mm -hmm. where you're really like, the decision is tough. And this is going to be a tough decision on Korczynski. So it's very refreshing to know that, you know, within a team that is preaching development, they're not, they don't have the expect the same expectations for every prospect. It's not play juniors or college to your 20, then minimum two seasons in the AHL before you even talk about, no, he's going to let Kevin Korczynski decide where he plays next yeah. fall. And, the, and after hearing that, I think he's here this season, at least until world juniors. Uh, yeah. yeah, after hearing that answer. He certainly sounds like he's confident Korczynski can do it, and he's going to let Korczynski – he sounded like a guy that was like, yeah, a full season in Seattle does nothing for him. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think after hearing that answer and just kind of discussions uh, that, that we've had, you know, internally and with, with, with other people around um, over the last week, it just it, – the sense I just get is he's – that – first year of the contract will be burned this year in right. some way shape or form. whether it's all 82 games here or it's 20 thir- or or it's a, or it's a lead up to the world juniors yeah. and then after world juniors he goes to seattle or yeah. whatever like that, uh, when would he get some world juniors are around the holidays christmas, but christmas. Time, yeah. so when would like a camp open though that he'd have to leave like it's December. like the 10 days before yeah okay so it's not so he'd get at least twenty. So he could probably play, games. and then back to Seattle after that. You think? Maybe. Maybe it's an option. I, 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 I well, honestly, it sounded like the biggest concern for for Kyle was the, was his physical stature. Yeah. Like, can he physically handle the rigors of eighty two games? It didn't sound like, from a hockey perspective, he had much concern. No, and I, I, I think all the tools are there for him to do it. It's just, can he do it and not be? deer in the headlights or you know become a turnstile in his in his own end i think that's that's the you know that's the question about him and we really won't know that answer until he's in training camp and the preseason and get to see him play against actual competition at the nhl level what will be more beneficial for him long term and this, i don't have an answer this is just a hypothetical question Going back to Seattle and being, uh, you know, top guy, top dog there, one of the best defensemen at WHL, or being paired with a guy like Connor Murphy all season and having a guy like that to help you learn from your mistakes. Sure. What's yeah. more beneficial, failing and learning from it or dominating a whole season and not really growing much mentally? Yeah. So, (laughs) very much the same thing. But this is a problem we see in youth sports sometimes, right? Where we will have a, my daughter plays softball, as a lot of people know, where there is a girl who is so much better than everybody else that when you're that much better, it almost becomes a detriment to your game because you can learn some bad habits or you can sort of take some shortcuts knowing I got like I got this. I'm yeah. I'm bigger, stronger, faster than everybody here, so I don't need to work on my he, swing. He, I don't need to right. Yeah, Korchinski could cheat more offensively, mm-hmm. knowing yes. he can get back. He can't do that in the yeah. NHL. And I know it's not the same thing. I obviously. But it's just and concepts. that's that's off also the balance of now do you put this player, boy or girl, whatever sport you want it to be, do you move them up to play against better competition? And then potentially see them struggle for the first time, and then how do they handle it? Which is why I like that Kyle Davidson and company's development method is not cookie cutter. 
we did this with Vlasic, so this is what we're going to do with Kaiser and Korczynski, and everyone's going to follow the same development path. No, everybody's makeup is different. Everybody's mentality is different. Some people handle failure really well. Some people do not, right? And it's all a matter of knowing these guys personally, which, again, is a benefit of this off-ice stuff because they get to spend time hanging out, being together, learning about each other as opposed to battling in the corners, screaming at each other during drills, and then going home and taking a nap or whatever. Right. I just I just really like the way they're doing this, and the more I hear Davidson talk about the development, especially of these key prospects, you can tell it's not just... You can tell all these things have been considered for a long time. We're never... I don't think we've ever caught him off guard with a question. Right? Like, anytime he's been asked anything, no matter how specific it might be, he's got a a quality, well-thought-out answer. And even if we maybe disagree with it, like we did with Reichel last year when they sent him down, yeah, he had an explanation for it. And you say, all right, I guess. Right. At least I know that it's coming from a place of sincerity and what they think is in the best interest of the player. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think that's the, it's the right way to go. As much as we, you know, hem and haw about contracts and, and – entry-level deals and roster spots and all this stuff. It's all things that are being considered, um, I'm sure, in their, in their decision-making process. But the, the biggest factor is going to be it's, it's merit-based. And, and, and like Luke Richardson with, you know, with his you know, allocation of playing time and, and who's going to play in what situations and, and everything like that, uh, the same kind of is seen with Davidson. It's it's all merit based. If if Kevin Korchinski through training camp and through preseason is one of the best seven defensemen that the Blackhawks could have, he'll be there. Seven, eight, six, whatever it needs to be, however many they're going to carry. If he's part of that group, he'll be there. So I, I I think at the end of the day, if with all the exterior considerations, if if what's best for him and what's for best for the team is for him to be there. He'll be there. When, and Lebowski5 says, I don't see uh, – oh, it just jumped on me. There it is. I don't see what the harm is in letting Korchinski slowly develop. Having him play on the Blackhawks this year is rushing him just like Boquist and Doc. But like we just said, every player is different. Every player's mentality is different. Every player's skill set is different. And I also think that this group's commitment to development is not just lip service, right? Like – he who shall not be named in that crew compared to this one, just look at the resources they have developmentally now versus then. Yeah. They've got a much better feel for their prospects. Look, yeah, Kirby Doc was rushed because what feel did they get for him? Right. He was, he, they drafted him, then he got hurt, and then made his NHL debut. Did he play a season, a single preseason game? He played, played so he was, in Rockford. he was, yeah. yeah, he was in concussion protocol after the, the rookie camp. And then he got a conditioning stint with the Ice Hogs, played three games with the Ice Hogs, did, was honestly a non-factor in three games, which that was kind of like, well, he's coming off injury, you let it slide. Sure, yeah. And then he went straight to the NHL. Yeah. They had no idea if he was ready or not. No. Where there, so it's, it's different. Doc was rushed blindly because he who should not be named wanted to show off his new toy. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. We got Kane. We got Taves here. He'll be fine. They had no idea if he was ready or not, and he wasn't. That showed. Boquist came the year after the draft too, right? He, but Bo- he was in, no, he Bo- was in Bo- Rockford. Boquist was drafted, played a year in, in London. 
Oh right. And then uh, and then was brought up. Like mid-season. To, and then and then flip flop between Rockford and Chicago yeah. a little bit, and then was fully in Chicago for a while, and then that was it. Right. Yeah. And he wasn't ready either. If Kevin Gorczynski's playing in October, November, December, it's because he's ready. I have faith in Kyle Davis and Luke Richardson to know. And if he's not ready, he won't be here. Well, and, and Chris makes a good point, too, and says uh, Doc and Bogles for being, I'm sorry, that jumped. <laughs> it was about Reichel. <laughs> I keep losing the chat. Yeah, scroll back up a little bit. Anyway, Craig. the point was that Reichel had been uh, developed correctly. Uh, I don't know where it went. Nah, we lost it. Whatever. Um, but yeah. Point being that they took their time with Reichel last year when we all felt like, why is he not here? He's certainly ready. Right. He's ready to go. But there were little things that Andre Sorensen and the development team saw that they weren't happy about. And then when he did come back for the last time, he was a different guy. Mm-hmm. He had made that, that little bit of a change. And let's uh, totally, uh, just like we talked about yesterday, if Rockford was an option, that's where Korchinski would be. There's no question about it. But it's that balance of dominate, you know, hold your hand on uh, your hand on the head of the little kids and let them swing away at you like Dark Helmet and Spaceballs. Yeah. Or let them come up here and learn trial by fire. We, that's what you got to figure out. We have Ira in the uh, chat foreshadowing our last video. But uh, did anyone ask about center depth? Uh, yes, someone on this very set yes, we asked did. about that, yeah. but probably hit that. After we tell yes. people about your alma mater. Yeah. Uh, you're looking to go back to school. Kind of uh, bummed out with where you're at in your career. Maybe you expected a little more and you you're just want to do something new. Well, students just like you with full-time jobs, families, and full-time sports fandoms are going back to school to earn a respected degree at Lewis University. It's 35 miles south of Chicago in Romeoville, and it's ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening, online, and blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. Faculty bring real-world experience and instruction to the classroom, which is immediately relevant to your career, and they offer career support and academic resources for adult students. I graduated from Lewis in 2001, and I still hear from people there that are checking in, you know, people from the Alumni Association. It is a really great university, and anytime I've needed a resource, no matter how long it's been since I graduated, I had it. I still have connections there. It's a great place. Looking for a grad program? How about cybersecurity? Everything's getting hacked these days. Twitter is a hellscape. Lewis is a Department of Homeland Security Center of Academic Excellence and Cybersecurity, providing students with scholarship funding not available elsewhere. And they've got great undergrad programs as well, like computer science, aviation maintenance technology certificates, business analytics, criminal justice, business programs, tech programs. they got a great education, nursing, and, of course, broadcasting department. Discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. Yeah, absolutely. Go you check that out. And, hey, what goes better with college than great beer? Nothing. Nothing. Well, college, crappy beer. Well, but this true. is not crappy. This beer. is not crappy. Beer. <laughs> this is Goose Island beer, the proud sponsor of us here, beer sponsor of us here at CHGO and Chicago's beer since 1988. Of course, you have the top to bottom best beer roster in all the land. You have the Goose IPA, the six-time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest, which is always in style with its citrus aroma and bold hop finish. You have the Tropical Beer Hug, the Dry Hopped Imperial IPA, 
with a 9.9 ABV that is dangerously easy to drink. You also got their full pocket pills and everyday beer. It's what the Goose Island beer brewers are drinking. And of course, even though it is torrentially downpouring here in Chicago, when the sun, the golden sun, comes back out, reach for a golden can of 312 Goose Island's staple of their roster, the wheat ale that is always, always available to you. You can grab ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or you can go to their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown and get yourself some delicious beers, all the ones that I named, and more. That is the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. All right. It is good. It Not is what good. I drank in college. <laughs> no. I wish I had. No, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I probably did have a 312 or, or, or 10 when I was in college at one point. Oh. It, was a, it was one of those special times. I don't think 312 was a thing when I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be right. Like, I don't, I don't when remember did 312 launch? To the research department. Well, they, they have been Chicago's beer since 1988, so. All right. Goose Island has. Goose Island But has. I feel like 312 is a newer, and I when will, I say newer, as a 45-year-old man, I mean within the last 20 years. I will, yeah. e- I will email uh, Mr. Goose at gooseisland.com and uh, find out the information. There you go. All right. Well, you, you teased it. Uh, this question kind of is a back-to-backer. Uh, Kyle Davidson was first asked about the signing of Ryan Donato, and then we got into uh, the roster a little bit. So um, the first is a response to what he likes about Ryan Donato's game. Uh, we really value Ryan's uh, versatility. We play all three forward positions. Um, uh, you know, the thing, the thing that we, we didn't necessarily have an issue with last year is that injuries do happen. And I, don't, I believe, uh, I could be wrong here, I'm trying to remember correctly, but... I don't think we had a forward recall before Christmas. I don't think we had to recall one. And so we had extraordinary help up, up front last year, or, or, or enough where we didn't have to recall anyone, maybe a guy or two out of the lineup, but that's not normal. And so we wanted to make sure that if we do uh, find ourselves in a spot with injuries, that um, we do have some versatile uh, veterans on, on the line, in the lineup too bounce around and take some different roles and Ryan definitely fit the bill there and uh, Norm McIver's got some background with Ryan through the Seattle expansion draft and so knew him knew him very well and and so it was a player we kind of had our eye on and then it just uh, it just worked out that uh, you know he was available and, and uh, willing to come join the squad. Sort of on that path you've got a lot of guys who have played center but you don't have a lot of centers mm-hmm. just guys that are you know everyday centers how do you see that shaking out and could that open a door for Lucas Reichel to get a chance to prove it this year definitely yeah I know we're likely going to give some of the young players a, a shot down the middle and uh, and a good true uh, uh, opportunity to to find center as their position uh, so we'll, we'll try that out uh, in training camp and early on in the season I think um, but as you said if you know if things don't work out or, or if you know, there's a better opportunity on the wing for some of those players, then we've got some veterans that can slot over and, and you know, they're versatile enough to, to jump down the middle. I had a follow-up there that I wasn't able to get in, and maybe I'll ask him another time. There's been some discussion about how important face-off percentage actually is. Like, does winning a ton of face-offs really make a huge difference in wins and losses? And I know there was a study done... 10 years ago, whatever it was, that kind of concluded, eh, 
it's cool, but it doesn't really matter that Here's much. Blackhawks are top in the league in faceoffs for much of last year. Well, because Domi and Taze were killing it. Right. Yeah. And, and how many how many wins did that? How many goals did that translate to? <laughs> That's a good point. They were they were at top five in yeah. faceoffs almost all season. Yeah. And finished with one of the worst records. Yeah. Ideally, so, I mean, it's like better to, to have the puck than not. Right. Obviously, it's. But it's I want to ask him like. Analytically, how much do you value faceoffs? Because if you look yeah. at the way this roster is being built, where it's like, eh, maybe this guy can play center and this guy can play center, it doesn't feel like there's a huge emphasis put on it. However, they're also not really trying to compete right now. Yeah. So maybe when it's next year or the year after, when they think it's time to start building up the team long term, you start to see some more definitively centers added and that sort of thing. Yeah. And maybe some emerge. Winning. Winning faceoffs is important to the extent of what do you do with the puck after you've won it? Do you win a faceoff, get get possession in the offensive zone, and two passes later you're chasing it back, or 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 it's a turnover? Or do you win a defensive zone faceoff but lose the lose the impending puck battle because the puck goes in the corner? It's it, it starting a play with the puck is better than not. But what do you do after you have it? And I think that that was the problem the Blackhawks had last season was, hey, we won, we won the faceoff, but we lost possession immediately. It, so, it, so it really comes down to what you do after it. And I think what they're going for is right now the way that they're kind of making up their 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 team build is get guys who, yes, you can win a faceoff, but also if you lose. You have guys that are going to go get the puck after a loss faceoff. Right. You're not. You're not. You don't have it where if you don't win the faceoff, you've conceded possession completely. Right. Um, you know, guy. Some of the young guys that we've that we've we've seen them bring in a guy like Oliver Moore with his with his speed uh, uh, with the speed in his game is the guy that can can go and, and chase pucks. The same thing for a guy like Paul Lewinsky, a guy like uh, Samuel Savoie. Like these are the guys that. You know that that forechecking, that tenacity, the the ability to, you know, chase down defenders, chase down puck carriers, win board battles, um, those that's where you make up for the fact that maybe you lose a faceoff. And so if if, if Connor Bedard is, if the Blackhawks go into a situation where Connor Bedard's your your top center and he wins 52% of your faceoffs and everyone is less than 50%, that might be okay because you have the because you have the guys that can go and get the puck back for you and make up that difference. Yeah, and I think um, at this point with all the, the kids we've got in the prospect pool, it's a little too early to be worried about that. I think the face-off battles, the face-off development is probably last on the line, list of things to yeah. check off first. They got to get there physically. They got to get the skating, the defensive side of it. And then you throw them out there with Yannick Perot for an hour a day after practice yeah. and work on it. I think it's, you know, as far as priority on the priority checklist of some of these younger players, that's probably at the bottom of the list. Yeah, even Taves, his first year really struggled to dot and worked yeah. really hard to get better at it. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, based on on what he what he said to your qu your question, it certainly sounds like Lucas Reichel's going to get a shot at center, at least in training camp and see where it goes. Um, and and Anders Sorsen told us that he improved immensely at faceoffs over this past year, and as we've all the three of us have said multiple times, 
if there's ever a season to try it, yeah, try it. This now. is the one to do it. Yep. I think we're gonna see a revolving door around there. Uh, a guy like Ryan Donato definitely helps. You get a guy there that can s- squeeze in, and, and you know, if you've got seven or eight guys that can hold their own at the faceoff dot. It, it, it helps when a guy gets thrown out, too. You get a guy in there that might actually right. win the faceoff. I think this is a good point, too, here from Dr. Horshaw. I mean, you guys are talking about, you know, battling to get the puck back, but by winning a faceoff, you're saving energy, as he's mentioning mm-hmm. here, because yeah. you, you have the puck. You're not fighting to get it. Yes, yeah. obviously yeah. having the puck is better than not having the puck. And the, the, the those cup-winning teams were so good at getting the puck and playing keep away with it for an entire yeah, now period. you don't have it. You're never getting it from us. <laughs> yeah. As we saw from last year's team, they won a lot of faceoffs, but it didn't do them a lot of good because either it was fumbled from the get-go or it was a pass you know, to nobody. Once you have the guys that know what to do when they have the puck, they become more important. So like next season, face-off percentage, the grand scheme of things, just like last year, it really doesn't mean crap. It starts to matter when you have the guys in there that know what to do with the puck once they have it. Yeah. Well, you can save energy from winning a faceoff. You can save Munergy oh, with the Combat Energy Efficiency Program, waiting for that. which is committed to helping families and businesses and the communities they serve by helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. That's absolutely correct, Jay. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, industrial processes, and winning face-offs. Remind all the good folks that are now smashing the like button how that works. Well, an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. So if you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy, also known as Monergy, today. For energy-saving tips, lining incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Did you say comed.com slash poweringbiz? I sure did, Jay. Comed.com slash poweringbiz. Schedule your appointment Today. That's the kind of radio chops you learn at Lewis University's WLRA, my friends. That is. Celebrating 50 years this year. That's right. It's my turn? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Go just, ahead. Just waiting for that to wrap up. Um, hey, I see outside our windows here that the sun has come back out after the yes. uh, Wizard of Oz-like weather we had Flash. a few minutes ago. And I'm very Flash happy storm. that I have my Shady Rays with me so I could take on the sun with the gear built to last when I leave the office here shortly. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for this warm weather we are experiencing with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we wore. And our friends at Shady Rays are just like Connor Bedard, way too humble. They're better than any expensive (laughs) pair I've ever worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for our outdoor adventures, like walking to your car after work. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection of all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked, at a 
Apparently, it gets to you within like two days. They don't they don't sit and wait around. They take care of you right away, so you can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. And together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact, from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others just like it now and for years to come. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, but you're going to, but just in case you're one of those weirdos and you don't, you can exchange them <laughs> for a new pair or return them absolutely free within 30 days. But you're not going to want to return them because they're the best p- sun- pair of sunglasses you're ever going to put on your face. There's no risk when you shop, and their team always has your back. And exclusively for our lovely, beautiful CHGO listeners, CHGO, C- ugh, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season Go to ShadyRays.com, use the promo code CHGO at checkout, and you're going to get 50% off all orders containing two or more pairs of Polaroid sunglasses. That's buy one, get one free by my math skills. So you can finally try for yourself the shades rated by five stars by over 250,000 people, including many of you out there in Mm -hmm. YouTube comment land. Got good use of my ShadyRays yesterday. It was very sunny yesterday. Absolutely. Yes. Hey, by the way, you guys. You were walking billboard on Twitter yesterday. I was. Hey. Nicely done. Yeah, with the, your thirst ad, trap right? uh, tweet? My thirst trap tweet? Yeah. Oh, you forgot your shirt. Whoops. <laughs> I was at the pool. <laughs> I was in a pool yesterday, too. No one wanted that on their, on their feed. You don't, you don't uh, know. I was in my, and I was in my, uh, my Foco banana hammock. Oh, hey, yeah. that's, yeah. That's, that's a missed opportunity <laughs> no one, right that's, there. That's my only fans for that picture. Uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, when Luke talked this week, mm-hmm. He kind of said, boy, it felt like we gave up a lot of empty net goals last year. Kind of talking about um, how they were in a lot of games late, and then they just kind of went the other way. I actually did the research. Nice. Last year, the Hawks... Do you, all right, let's... Do you guys know the answer? Did I tell you this already? I don't think you so. You didn't tell... Do you want to no. guess how many empty net goals the Hawks gave up last year? 27. Okay. Mm, man, I would say like 22. 21. Oh. That is second most in the league, yeah, uh, tied with uh, Washington, San Jose, and St. Louis. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think it was John Dietz looking for like point totals estimates. Yeah. And if they win half those games this year, that's a 10-point jump. Which would make a very nice 69 points 20, in the standings. Yeah. 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 Look, like I... No, you're right. 20 points. If yeah, they win half of those jump. 20, it's 20 points. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, right, right, right. 10 wins would yeah. be 20 no, points. No, you're right. So that'd be 79 points. 79 points. Too many. Yeah, look, like... <laughs> too many points. <laughs> too many. Deeds did put it out on, on Twitter in a, in a Twitter poll. How many, you know, points do you think the Blackhawks are going to get? You know, less than less than this last season, you know, near this season, or, or more than 70. And more than 70 puts them at, like, 27th in the league this last season. Like... I don't know. I, I, I feel like the, the roster that they're putting together, um, the expectations of what Connor Bedard could be, should be, um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like we're looking at a team that could, could have results kind of like the Flyers this last year, not in the direction that the organization is going, but one of those teams that could flirt with about 30 wins and 70-ish yeah, points. I think 70 is a good Yeah, a good like marker. in the lottery, but your, your, your chances of winning it are... 
in so the, the single is, digits. But are there going to be any historically bad teams this year? Like last year, you had teams yes, that jackets. were obviously going for it. You know, going for it at the bottom. Yeah, yeah they were obviously. There's, al- there's always there's always going to be some team that sucks team unexpectedly. Trying, yeah, but John Tortorella is not going to sit there and try and lose games. Well, you right? fire him. Well, he's going to be. He, if he makes it to Thanksgiving, I'll be shocked. The Blue Jackets are going to be better this year. They have to be. They're trying to they be. They weren't supposed to be that bad. I guess Fantilli's killing it, by the way. Well, sure. He's looking great in camp. Yeah. Well, if Connor was on the ice, we'd say the same thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, sh- good for Adam Fantilli looking good in drills. Um, but he's going to no, He's going to be good. <laughs> and have fun, have fun playing for, yeah. <laughs> have fun playing for Mike Babcock. That's going to be. There it is. Rain's out. out. Certless dark guy's out. Nice. <laughs> Six more weeks of summer. <laughs> Um, I just don't see like any team like there's going to be a team where everything goes wrong like right. the Blue Jackets. Somebody gets some yeah. team gets there's, massive injuries. But I don't, or, there's there's going to be a team that eventually says you know what tanking's the best option. Right, but I don't think there's too many teams going into next season saying we are tanking. There Sharks. Were, but the Maybe. Sharks are if trying. they get rid of Eric Carlson, it's it's game on. And but he's not going to have a what 100 101 point one season point again. You wouldn't think so. I wouldn't no. bet on it. I mean, you know, there's, there's a major the whole drop year without Timo Meyer. Then really, who do they add? Anybody? Do they still they still have Hurdle? If Hurdle. I mean, you would they think Carlson. You would think if Ek, you know, William still. Eklund takes that jump. Yeah. Uh, who's the other kid? Ozzy uh, Ozzy Wallblatt. We, we split. Yeah, he's another kid. So they've got some talent that's coming, but they all need to take that jump at the same time. But yeah, the Sharks are going to be pretty bad next year. Well, and I think that I think the difference is the incentive to tank isn't as strong as it was last season. Right. Everybody true. knew yeah. Connor Bedard is this generational yeah, talent. And, and Macklin Celebrini is a, is a good process. He's not he, Connor he's, Bedard. He's the head of the 2024 class, um, and there's more to learn about him as this season goes on. He's going to going to be at Boston University, so it's, it's, it's a step up in competition um, from what he did with the Chicago Steel this last season. But what he did with the Chicago Steel this last season was historic in the USHL. So – the expectation for him to kind of come in and probably have a, a, a monster season at Boston is 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 there. So I'm sure the hype will build as the year goes on, but it's it's definitely not to the level of he is the unquestioned number one guy, has been for years. He's going to come in and step right into the NHL and make a difference. Like, it's a little different. So I think the incentive to tank is, is not as strong as it was, but there's going to be teams that are – that are going to go in that direction. Yeah, they're, they're, the Flyers are definitely a team that is obviously taking strides to get the best possible draft. They're in that direction. Um, you know, but the other teams that were in the conversation last year, I, th- I would hope Anaheim would be better. They have to be better. Because they were, they were, you know, they took a step back last year. Yeah. Um, you would think they would be better. Um, you know, as, as we mentioned, uh, Columbus should be better if they're healthy. Montreal might Montreal be better. Montreal should be better. Um, you know, it's well, it's tough to this. It's tough to say, but there's always that team that is expected to be great and completely shit the bed. Arizona's the, trying to get better too. Yeah, they're yeah, making they some, they're nice making some decent yeah. moves. They actually giving you the appearance that they're trying yeah. to win hockey yeah. games. The answer is San Jose. Their free agent signings this year were Nathan Todd. Who? Ryan Carpenter, Blackhawks legend. Hey, Giovanni Smith, Kyle Burroughs, and Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah, they're 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 tanking. They're yeah. they're not. Those are those are tank moves. Yeah, and we can so the the poll results for John Dietz 
Uh, now that the Hawks have Connor Bedard, Taylor Hall, Nick Foligno, and Corey Perry, how many standings points for the Hawks in 2023-24? 60 or less got 9.5%. 61 to 65 got 36.5. 66 to 70 got 31.7. And 71 or more got 22.2. So pretty decent dis- distribution yeah, between 60 and 70. 65 to 70. That range. sounds about right. That sounds about, about right. About a 10-point improvement from last year. Yeah. Seems well, right. Well, we've got all offseason to discuss it, and I guess the big question is, is this roster better than it was when the season opened last year? And we got all summer to discuss that, so let's put a pin in that one yeah. and save it. Before we wrap up, we want to tell everybody, you want to get a banana hammock like I had and almost put on Twitter but didn't? Go to foco.com. Should Thank you. <laughs> get fitted out in the best sports gear around. It keeps going. <laughs> Damn. That's quite the banana. Never know what happens over here when I start pushing buttons. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, banana hammocks, and everything in between. It is summer and baseball season. Get your Aloha shirts, your straw hats, your polos, your bags, everything you need for a game. And our set looks great. Thanks to our friends at FOCO. Go to FOCO.com or click the link in our description for 10% off all non-presale items. you got to use that code chgo to save again foco.com code chgo to save 10 percent off all non-sale items tomorrow we're back at 2 30 uh in the morning connor bedard and oliver moore are talking again so we're gonna be there because mm-hmm. they're talking and then hopefully we're gonna get a conversation or two on the side we'll see uh, but we're gonna have fresh stuff for you tomorrow uh then the off season really really begins yeah i know <laughs> the off season slog yes. begins. We've got Corey Perry press conference on Friday. That's, That's right. True. We have Corey, Corey Perry, Perry in person. Yes. I'm looking in forward person. to that. Yeah. In person. He's going to be here. I'm going to be the guy that sits there and go, Corey, I'm the reason you're here. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And also, guys, everybody in the chat, appreciate you keep hitting that like button. But, yeah. Uh, become a diehard. Yes. And get this exclusive content these guys are, are giving you for this season. And and these shirts, man. I got to say, I'm, I've just picked up this one. You see on the TV, the, mm-hmm. the, the 16-bit the sixteen bit Sega 94. Pause. <laughs> Time out. We, this has been bothering me. It's yeah. it's an 8-bit design. Is it I was going to say 8-bit. No. It's an 8-bit design. 8-bit is NES. 16-bit is, is Sega Genesis. I looked this I looked this, this, this up. This it's, might be, this might be Mario, this you weren't crucial. born yet. <laughs> I know the difference between an 8-bit and This a, and This a debate's going to be more well, heated regardless, than the, the, the Maple Leafs debate. This up. Sega Genesis was 16-bit. Yes, it was. 8-bit was the original Nintendo. <laughs> the graphic jump between 8 and 16-bit is not as big as you think it is. And get one, these get, shirts because they're second. awesome. Not, and we'll stay. When I was looking through the, <laughs> the CHCO store, one. I got to say, you guys have the Blackhawks gang has the best shirt. We'll all, get some. All Blackhawks fans can watch as 98 takes control of the league. Press play on this retro 8-bit style That's tee wrong. from chgolocker.com. Are you saying our website is wrong? Yes. The Sega Genesis was a 16-bit system. Yes. An NHL it's the 8-bit 4 design. It's not an 8-bit design. It's an NHL 94 design, which was 16-bit. We need to update the description. Yeah, 16-bit. 8-bit is, is, Super, is Super Mario Brothers. 8-bit would have been 2D, two skinnies and a fat. Two skinnies and a fat. That's 8-bit. Yeah. 16-bit is Genesis. I'll stay. I'm here all day. This was more, this was more heated than, the, than the, the Maple Leafs <laughs> debate was yesterday. It's not an 8-bit design because it's a 16-bit game, and it's a design off the game. It's science. You're not wrong, and you're not wrong. You're both right. The site does say 8-bit, but you're correct. It should say 16-bit. Yeah, description's wrong. Yeah. We'll get in touch with the description people. 
Where's that description person? <laughs> I don't know who that is, but we'll find them wherever they are and kill them. No, we won't be doing that. <laughs> all right, let's wrap things up. We're already long. You're welcome for bonus content, by the way. This is all very it's important stuff that we worked I could through. say that. <laughs> uh, feel free to hit that like button on the way out. Hey, 111 likes. Thank you for that. The consistency on the likes is huge. That really helps us out big time. And one last time, I want to remind you that we are presented by Goose Island, the official beer of CHGO. Find one of their Chicago locations at gooseisland.com slash location. Thanks to Greg Braggs for running the show. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Go get your 16-bit design at chgolocker.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2.30 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.